And welcome to the Mindful Coping Podcast, Amplifying Voices, where I feature various voices in the mental health community to create safe spaces of dialogue and growth. I'm Reese, a 16-year-old teenager from Southern California, diagnosed with Tourette syndrome and OCD. And I founded Mindful Coping, a platform dedicated to providing free and accessible resources for teens with mental illness. You can check out my content on my Instagram at Mindful Coping and my website, mindfulcoping.net. I'm very thankful to be joined here today with Ava from at Tiki Hippie. Without further ado, Ava, please give us a brief introduction about yourself. Hey everyone, my name's Ava and I'm a teen with Tourette's syndrome, ADHD and OCD. Um, my goal is to be advocating for people like me because I never had that when I was younger. So I'm thankful to be on the podcast today. Wonderful, thank you so much for joining me today, Ava. My next question is, how have you been managing your mental health during quarantine? I've been relying a lot on my hound dog, Rue, for emotional support because my physical tics are extremely draining and it makes it hard to stay awake for long during the day. I usually listen to loud music whenever I'm getting too tired or take cold showers to wake me up. If I'm really stressed out, I like to reorganize my room, try writing or journaling. I find that those really help. Amazing. Um, I really like how you're able to do concrete things in order to, you know, alleviate your mental distress. And I completely can empathize with the physical tics that cause a lot of pain. Um, currently, and also several years ago, I dealt with a very severe um, neck jerking tick that I've talked about on both my pages. And I think that it's really important for us to be able to find ways not only to cope with the symptom, but also, you know, the pain that comes with it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I completely understand that. Yeah. My next question is, do you have any specific tips you'd like to share with our audience? Yeah. Um, since there's a lot of free time spent at home during quarantine, I'd recommend writing down anything during the day that triggers you. It helps getting to know yourself better and being able to recognize your own triggers is a strength on its own. Um, when I started tracking some of my triggers, I was able to find healthy ways to calm myself down. Like some loud noises can trigger my full body tics mm -hmm. and it can get pretty dangerous. So I found out that putting in my headphones and blasting old rock helps slow them down, cut out the noise. Knowing what sets you off in any situation makes it easier to find a solution or get help. As for anyone who has a friend, family member, or loved one that's struggling right now, I try to put them out of situations that are stressing them, rather than just telling them that they can do it or they've got it. Because you can't always see what's going on, but you can try and make them happy or relaxed. Sometimes that's really all they need from you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I completely understand. And I love how you are addressing part of the community that has, you know, friends and family members, I definitely have a set of triggers on my own, including, you know, like you said, sensory overload or a lot of um, compounding stimuli from the background, including noises, also bright colors, or just anything that really is overexciting can be a trigger for my symptoms. And although a lot of situations are unavoidable, I found that communicating those things are super helpful because it could um, allow people around you to be more aware with how you cope with your symptoms, which improves um, the well-being of everyone involved. Yeah, for sure. 
And a huge part of the people that um, do look into Tourette's accounts are family members looking for information. Completely agree. I yeah, because you know family members are loving and are always looking for ways to make their own family feel better. So I completely agree with you on that point. My next question is: What specific areas of mental health interest or concern you the most? Um, recently, I've been looking into um, the like adrenaline behind ADHD because. Um, it can take a lot out of you mm-hmm. when you're in s- stressful situations during quarantine. So I'm wondering if um, lowering your levels of adrenaline would help being able to focus in those areas. Awesome. And I do think that it's super important that we also examine, you know, the scientific bases, like you mentioned, adrenaline. There's a lot of other chemicals that are closely related with mental illness that I've discovered through my research. So I, I applaud you for that because I know it's difficult and it can be very dense, especially academic writings and studies can be super difficult to parse through. So I really commend you for your work. Mm-hmm. My next question is what has your own journey of mental health awareness and wellness been? Well, I've always wanted to be an advocate, but I had no idea where to start. I realized that if I was going to start a YouTube channel, a blog, or even a podcast, I should start with an Instagram account. From there, I've been sharing tips, information about Tourette's, and answering any questions people have had. I've had a lot of requests for content, asking about specific tics or how someone can help during an attack. So I'm just starting from there. And I recently made a blog, but honestly, I'm just getting started. Mm Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And I completely agree with you that we should take things one step at a time. It's difficult to get overwhelmed, but, you know, making that organized plan is super helpful. And Mm -hmm. I also had, you know, similar aspirations with you. I've always wanted to advocate for this because I knew that what I was dealing with was different from what my peers was. And I wanted to give people a voice who didn't really have that. And I'm glad that so many other people have that same drive in the mental health community, such as amazing people like yourself. So thank you for your work. Thank you. My next question is, what was the inciting incident in your life that made you start promoting mental health? Well, my tics were really minor when I was little. Like it went from blinking to humming and I was able to hide them from everyone. And um, I wouldn't let my family speak of it because I was embarrassed and I had no idea what was happening to me. I didn't have any friends with Tourette's and no clue what it was. I was just an angry seven-year-old. Um, but halfway through grade eight, they got extremely aggressive and noticeable to the point where full body tics would be happening in the hallways of my school and the teachers had no idea what to do. This was halfway through the year and nobody believed I had Tourette's. Um, My family knew nothing about it because I never let them talk about it. So they assumed I had it under control and um, nobody around me had a clue what Tourette's was. At that point, I realized I was going to have to learn everything from scratch. From there, I found other people with Tourette's. I went to the first conference in 2019 in Winnipeg and I started my account for advocating. Amazing. And I just want to 
talk about sort of that experience that so, so many of us have with Tourette syndrome. And I also had those minor blinking and nose scrunching ticks when I was in elementary school. And then, you know, suddenly in middle school, it just hit like a train. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's, there's also a lot of studies that I've read about how adolescence and the introduction of, of hormones seen in uh, people and adolescents, you know, undergoing puberty have direct correlations with rises and spikes in symptoms. So it was explainable, but, you know, I was taken aback. And like you said, I had also dealt with severe full body tics, including my neck and even my legs. And I was um, in the running club or middle school cross country in seventh grade. Um, so you could sort of imagine how that didn't work out too well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I joined Ultimate Frisbee. That was a pain. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely can sympathize and empathize with you in that regard. But I've been dealing with ups and downs, even been having diagnosed with TS. There's always ups and downs in my condition. There are days where it's, you know, almost so good that you forget about it and no one notices it. And then other days where it's so bad that you don't even want to leave your room. So you know, yeah. I couldn't empathize with you on that regard. My next question is, are there specific tics that you've struggled with? And if so, how have you coped with them? Um, the hardest tics I've struggled with are the full body tics from the pain, <laughs> my coprolalia and mental tics. These three have been a huge struggle to explain to everyone. It's one thing just having the tics every day, but having to explain it to everyone around me when they don't understand is pretty draining. Yeah, I definitely um, want to reiterate that explanation part. And I think that part of that comes from the lack of education in our school systems on mental health and mental health awareness, which makes it very difficult and stigmatized for us to be able to talk about this in a comfortable setting. Like you said, mm -hmm. it's one thing to have the tick and it's another thing to explain it. And that's so sort of how it went with my more um, my vocal tics like humming or it started with clearing my throat and then the repetition of syllables and sounds and the ends of words, you know, became to become more uh, prominent in my speech. And another way that this sort of affected me was that um, I'm a singer in my school choir and I also compete in debate, which are uh, activities that sort of rely on ability to control at least to the bare minimum, what you say and how you sing. So it was difficult to explain that to people in my debate communities, people um, around me. But, you know, luckily I haven't been taken aback so much with regards to my vocal takes that I have to quit those activities. But there are times where it's bad and people notice, but I sort of brush it aside and don't say anything. And I think I'm still, you know, working on racking up that courage to explain to others, my coaches, my instructors on what I'm experiencing, but there's definitely still a fear of rejection um, there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm actually in a class full of people that are super accepting mm -hmm. and the, uh, the school staff is yeah. pretty much like family. Wonderful. I went from a school that didn't even believe I had Tourette's, which is fairly understandable considering it kind of hit me in the face too. Mm -hmm. But um, changing schools and my environment really turned things around for me. Yeah, I completely agree. I went to a middle school 
And the administration was very accepting, of course, but I had some experiences, some negative experiences with um, negative comments and, you know, some social exclusion, which I overcame and we talked it out. And, you know, uh, there was, you know, just a big misunderstanding. And I think that a lot of these negative interactions come from a lack of communication because they don't know what's going on. And a lot of the times, especially if it's your closest friends, they don't have negative intentions, but they don't know what consequences that, that their words will provide. So I think that, like you said, changing your environment can be super important, but also, you know, using your environment around you as an opportunity for education and change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My next question is what steps are you taking to put you on the path to mental wellness? Um, for now, I'm focusing on being alone. When, um, when I'm in a room by myself, my tics come out a lot more, obviously, because I'm not in the social situations and I feel I can let it out. So I'm focusing on trying to direct myself towards my coping mechanisms, the healthy ones anyway, um, and trying to learn how to reduce my tics when I'm alone. Because um, a lot of the tics I have are pretty dangerous. And if I'm ever going to be alone, I have to learn how to um, get through it safely. I completely agree. And there's a lot of that, you know, fight or flight response when it comes to tics. And at school, you know, I had so many times where I'd literally expend all of my energy trying to hide my tick every single moment of the entire day so no one would notice and then at, at home when i come you know after a long day of school my energy is zapped out of my body and then it just becomes a total disaster with regards to my symptoms and i sort of explode and i know that you know so many people have that experience of, of trying to hide it because of social exclusion of ridicule and it's truly a difficult situation and I haven't learned even myself how to deal with that. And I'm still trying my best, but it's difficult to find that balance of using those healthy coping mechanisms. But um, that line, where is that? And how is that different from doing it to an extent that it, you know, hurts your mental and physical health to an extent that you're hyper-focused on other people's perceptions of you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Completely agree with you on that. My next question is, what tick disorder resources, for example, threat resources or other disorder resources, especially free and accessible ones, would you like to share with our audience and our readers? I found that a lot of articles um, can be helpful, yes, but more interactive ones, interactive, sorry, are on Instagram. Going through and finding those um, threads accounts, they're more um, personal. They come from people who have actually dealt with it rather than um, rather than scientists just talking about it. Mm-hmm. So if you really wanted to um, interact with other people and get information from someone who actually goes through it, I'd recommend searching the Tourette's hashtags, going through those meme pages, because there's a lot of people out there who really want to advocate like us. Mm-hmm. I I completely agree with you. And 
I've uh, talked about this a lot with other creators and they've sort of agreed that there's definitely a difference in learning about mental illness through others and through survivors versus through, you know, a list of symptoms or a scientific analysis. And I think I completely agree with you that going through things like hashtag Tourette on Instagram are so valuable for people who don't necessarily understand the severity or scope of the illness to understand, you know, what people are going through and what people are facing. So I completely, completely agree with you on that. Uh It's better to go through like actual accounts of people who are struggling with it rather than what the media displays. Because I know that coprolalia is Uh something huge for the media. As long as it's funny, it's out there, right? I, I completely agree with you. And I've watched documentaries, news segments on Tourette's, and it makes me emotional to see that that is what people think of our community and the way that we have been portrayed in so many um, aspects of the media is like we're zoo animals. And it's sort of absurd and disgusting to see how they portray such a complex and layered disorder into just one 20 second video to get a laugh out of someone. Yeah, like those, um, those vaccine prank trends. Oh, yeah, I, I know. I saw that and I was disgusted. Um, There was like a meme that I saw like, oh, the new COVID-19 vaccine is going to give me some Tourette syndrome and then a video of um, someone with TS. And I was, you know, shocked at first and realized that this is what people are thinking is what Tourette syndrome and tic disorders are like. And that sort of, you know, fueled my passion for um, education and talking about that. Yeah. Uh-huh. My next question is, on a lighter note, tell us three fun facts about yourself. Um, I live on Vancouver Island. Um, I'm in a half homeschooling program. And I'm an aspiring advocate and zoologist. Awesome. Um, My next question is about sort of, you know, our audience and how you'd like to share your message. What are three takeaway points that you'd like to share with our audience or our readers? Um, I think the biggest point, first of all, is um, a lot of the COVID symptoms are tics. Mm -hmm. So um, in public, if you see people coughing or um, having spasms, just don't say anything. If you're really worried about your health, walk the other way, try to keep your distance, but please don't try to embarrass them because you really don't know if it's actually coughing or something else. I completely Um, agree. Mm -hmm. I think the second part would be um, try to comfort your loved ones rather than push them because we're in a pandemic. I mean, how much can you really expect from everyone? Uh-huh. Yeah. I just want to reiterate that we're literally living through a pandemic and sometimes we should congratulate ourselves for going to school or we should congratulate ourselves from, you know, going up, getting up, taking a shower and getting ready for the day. And I think that there's a hyper focus on what we can't do because of quarantine, but there is not as much of a focus of what we are able to do and positively reinforcing what we are doing right now, which is so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
You kind of tied in the last part there, but um, it's really important to just get up every day. Like, even if you're not going to go anywhere, just try getting ready, doing your makeup or putting your shoes at the end of your bed. Uh huh. Yeah, completely agree with you. It's the little tasks that come together and can really help you uh, start your day. Mm hmm. My last question for you already, the time flew by, is what would you like to promote and how can we find out more about you? Um, for now, it's just at my Instagram account. I'm hoping to promote awareness of Tourette syndrome and eventually ADHD and OCD. First, I wanna get past the stigmas and stereotypes of Tourette's, then get into the depths of ADHD and OCD. Um, through mm -hmm. Instagram, you can find me at Tiki Hippie. And if you'd like to email me for, through questions, it's tikihippie at gmail.com. Wonderful. Well, that perfectly concludes this episode of Amplifying Voices. I will link everything that Ava shared today, the hashtags, her Instagram and her account, um, her email account in the description box and on my Instagram page. Thank you so much to everyone who listened to today's episode of the podcast. Please follow at Mindful Coping for more information about mental health disorders and coping strategies. And also check out Ava's incredible account at Tiki Hippie. Contact me at reese.mindfulcoping at gmail.com for questions, concerns, and comments. And stay tuned for more Mindful Coping specials. Thank you and have a wonderful day.